Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. I don't want nobody else. I love you. She's lying. I don't want nobody else. It's true. She's lying. I don't want nobody else. I love you. Why does she pretend? Because she probably doesn't listen to the UK Tech Weekly podcast. The UK's premier audio marmite. Spread on your toast every Friday like a chat yeast extract. The UK Tech Weekly podcast is an infotainment breakfast from the editors of PC Advisor, Tech World, Macworld UK and Computer World UK. You can find us on Acast, on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Every Friday we head to an audio boxing ring, smashing each other in the face using audio fists before spitting into an audio bucket in order to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past Past seven seven days. days. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe, review and tell your friends. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK. And today I am delighted to be joined in conversation by the radio host with the most, Chris Martin, Consumer Tech Editor of PC Advisor. Hello. The future ghost who makes the most of your listening posts, Lewis Painter, staff writer of Macworld UK. Hello. And the last soggy piece of toast, Scott Carey, online editor of Computer World UK. Hi. This week we are talking Salesforce PR, Sony's VR, and Samsung's Disaster. It's all happening. Fire. Do, 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 do. Fire. Do, 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 do. Chris Martin. Why are Samsung's ears burning? Well, as you may be aware, the Samsung Galaxy Note 7, one of the best phones uh, of this year by many people's reviews, uh, is uh, has been discontinued uh, due to exploding batteries. It is an X phone. It is an X phone. So what's the story here? How many... I mean, because we, we occasionally hear these stories in, in the case of new phones that, you know, one of them set on fire. But this appears to be an actual real thing. This is real. So, yeah, we've seen iPhones, other Samsung phones, uh, even a BlackBerry, I think. You know, pretty much every brand out there has had something go wrong with a phone where it's kind of melted or uh, exploded. And uh, it's not good, but they have been kind of isolated <laughs> incidents. Isolated and unproven incidents. Yeah. and um, But this is um, a proper, actual, fundamental fault with the phone where it is exploding uh, catching on fire and it's not just been two or three it's been tens like i think we're, we're easily over 50 incidents now i think that's enough cases yeah. of spontaneously combusting yeah. phones i guess and do we know what the problem is no so 
initially, so it launched just over a month ago. Initially, it was about 35 cases of them going wrong. So they said, okay, yeah, this is, yeah, obviously something's wrong here. We're going to replace all of them. We're doing a full recall of all Note 7s. You can take them back to the retailer. Um, there was an exchange program. And it seemed like Samsung had handled it really well, just admit the problem, get it sorted, keep the customers happy and safe. Um, But then the replacement ones started going wrong. And that was like about a week ago. And over the last few days, they've been releasing statement after statement and the the situation keeps changing. And so um, earlier this week, it was that they were halting or adjusting the production whatever that means uh while they investigate and that they were asking global partners to stop selling them and stop exchanging them right while they have a look and see what really is going wrong here um and then literally hours later they said no we've discontinued the phone wow so there is a real problem and this is to my mind unprecedented yeah i don't think um I, I'm I'm not aware of any phone that's been completely discontinued after yeah. a month. Of I, I vaguely remember um, like some laptops had maybe Sony batteries, and they were that some of those seemed to melt. And but this was I mean I'm talking like a decade ago, mm. and that was just one component. But a whole range, a flagship range of products from a company like Samsung, which is truly global. Mm. I've I've never come across this. And then I suppose. That begs the question of, you know, you know, mentioned earlier that Samsung was kind of doing the right thing, given that it's a disastrous situation to be in this position. But there is an argument that by just saying, right, no more, give them back and taking the hit, Samsung's actually been pretty responsible here. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I, th- I mean, it's, they haven't said why they've discontinued it. They've just said, you know, right. It, for customer safety and because we don't really i think basically because we don't know what the fault is and they're obviously not confident they can fix it and the longer this goes on the more exchanges they do the yeah, more it's, it's like, costing them so they've obviously i think they've just decided right let's cut our losses like let's just yeah. uh put this one to bed and uh and move on um and samsung being the behemoth that it is is yeah. one of the few companies that could actually as much as it'll sting yeah. actually afford to do that yeah what do you think, Lewis? Are you uh, you've been watching this closely, I imagine. Oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, because I I used the Note Five last year. Uh, obviously, it didn't come to the UK officially, but it was a really nice phone. So I was really excited to see the Note Seven, you know, finally come back to the UK. And I saw it while it was in the office, and it was a really nice phone. And you know, I'm I'm all for iPhones, obviously. But I think if I was going to get an Android, it would have been the Note Seven, yeah. which says a lot about the phone. And what was it about it that particularly attracted? It's you? just the design, the general look of it. It's just you know because after you know Apple recycling the same design for three years, it's starting to get a little bit boring. Um, whereas Samsung, you know, they kind of switch it up every year, give yeah. you something a little bit different, and it's just that just it looked really nice. It had the uh, stylus built into it, which is always nice. And, you know, massive display, which is a bit of me. And a really, really <laughs> thin battery, which is really nice, but as it turns out, sets on fire. I remember I remember I'm an iPhone guy pretty much through and through, but I remember Chris actually kind of selling me on the Note 7 when we talked about it on the podcast. It, it looked like that that and one of the Huawei phones last year actually looked like genuine competitors um, to, to the iPhone in terms of design and, and quality of build and, and things like that. So, you know, apart from the fact that it's, quite large and it sets on fire i think it's <laughs> quite 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 an impressive phone so it's a bit it's a bit unfortunate really what do you think will happen to 
because Samsung is probably the only brand of phone that has, if not anything like the same sort of loyalty and fan base as iPhone, but it has a loyal fan base. Does this damage that, do you think? I think it's got to to an extent. It's mm-hmm. just it's anyone's guess as to how much. Yeah. But twenty three billion dollars worth of stock so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how many people are going to be like, okay, I'm never getting a Samsung again because well, of this. Yeah. I'm sure the people who actually had exploding ones will. Yeah. Will sure. think that. <laughs> but if you just had one and you've had to go take it back because it might explode, yeah. I would have thought you know you're not going to be too fast. Well, you're probably going to mm. actively seek out the Galaxy S7 or S7 I would have thought because so. it's the closest thing to yeah. what you've just had to give up. And they're perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, I did see a rumour yesterday, actually, saying that uh, that Samsung are going to um, release a new S7 and S7 Edge with the same colour options as the Note 7. The blue one was really oh, popular. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to release a blue Galaxy um, okay. S7 Edge to, you know, compensate for the fact yeah. there's no more Note 7. I mean, they're great. Like, I'm, you know, I've said it before on, on the pod, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an S7 Edge user. It's a great phone. And it's disappointing that the Note 7 is no longer out, but it doesn't remotely affect my feelings towards Samsung phones. It's reputational damage, isn't it? Of course it is, um, It's that, you know, they've got this reputation for quality of engineering and and to see something so high profile and so wide ranging, where Mm. this sort of reaches beyond just the tech press and just the tech bubble, where actually this is a sort of a national story now, because every time you get on an aeroplane, it says, please, could you bring your Note 7 to the front (laughs) so we can put it in a flame proof box? So everyone's, everyone's quite aware of it. Um, it's and, very and, current, yeah. Yeah, I think Apple, it, it'll blow over, though, won't it? Yeah, like, it'll blow over. But I think the other, the other, the rivals will benefit from this because they can now um, put out their messaging that you know we we don't have exploding phones. Yeah. And, and, I can't wait for the next phone launch because they'll be yeah. like, it doesn't explode. They'll be yeah. They'll make they'll make gags. They'll make digs. Yeah. Apple will, will be all over this. But it'll be interesting to know what the like how much bigger the fallout would be if this happened to a line of iPhone. Because it would be, yeah. be a bigger story, wouldn't it? It would be a much bigger story. It'd be mm. huge. Um, but I, I think of the companies that can wear something like this reputationally and financially, those are the, probably the two of the only ones that yeah. could. I mean, thinking about the iPhone, I suppose the equivalent, which is nowhere near the same thing, but was the um, the bumper issue. You know, when when uh, if you're using, I'm trying to remember oh, the exact yeah. details, but if you if you're using the phone in your hand, it somehow disrupted it's the, the iPhone 4 wasn't it the antennas were built into the sides yeah. of the phone so if and you held it if wrong. you held it it, 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 yeah. it stopped oh, yeah. it stopped it being able to <laughs> uh, um, connect to the internet yeah. um, and and that was a huge story and Apple had to create these bumpers which it handed out that actually fixed the problem but obviously changed the design and the feel and stuff like that they weren't setting on fire there was just intermittent dropping yeah. out of the uh, network so that gives you some idea of how big a story it would be if if yeah. there was this there's always situation. been something with the iphone like the bend gate yep. and yeah. his gate and like his gate and <laughs> the current ones kind of the jet black model scratching really easily but that's gate. not yeah <laughs> <laughs> the concern on the note 7 is just is the fact that they don't know why it's yeah. gone wrong and they kind of they thought they'd fixed it and we're like, oh, everything's fine. These new ones have a different color LED, so you know you've got the safe one. And then it's just really worrying that they thought it was fixed and it wasn't. But this make, makes me slightly cynical about the whole thing. I mean, this, yeah. is, this is quite why my line of questioning at the beginning was, is it an actual issue? Because 
there's a lot of vested interests who would benefit from Samsung taking a hit in in the market in this way. Um, the, this is, you know, clearly it does seem like the fact that we're drawing everything means there is a problem. They've discovered some kind of problem. But certainly in the beginning, when these reports were dripping out, we've seen it before. And, you know, I, I was cynically thinking, well, this is just, you know, the kind of tittle-tattle you get around a popular product. It turns out not to be. But we think, you know, Samsung is going to be all right, we think. Yeah, I'd say so. It's fine. When you look at the hit of their valuation on a graph, it's mm. like... It's like well, it looks like a pound. Don't yeah, yeah. but not not even that bad. <laughs> well, no, they just, it's, a, it's a drop, but in the yeah. grand scheme, it's like they lost just, like seven percent on the day they announced yeah. it. Yeah, which, which which is ridiculous because you would imagine, you know, a smartphone manufacturer that has had to recall its flagship smartphone because it sets on fire um, would lose a lot more than that. But the yeah. fact is, Samsung is just beyond describably big as a company. Yeah, they're diversified enough to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And they're an arms manufacturer, so you don't want to cross them too much because, you know, they'll come after you with a howitzer. <laughs> with a howitzer. Um, they won't come after you with a howitzer. Yeah, they're also quite... Uh, the situation will be referred to for a while, yeah. but, you know, this time next year, yeah. there'll be a, at least two or three other new Samsung phones that, as long as they're perfectly fine, <laughs> yeah. everyone will forget. And as long as they've got enough advertising budget to still sponsor Chelsea's football shirts, then, you know, everyone's happy. Which they do. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Chelsea being associated with some sort of evil. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, let's close that off by going around the room. Uh, Samsung is doomed or Samsung will bloom. Scott Carey. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm going to go doomed. Lewis Painter. I'm going to go bloomed. Chris Martin, you have the deciding vote. You, you sounded really confused. I'm yeah. confused. definitely not going to bloom. Yeah, after bloom this, isn't is it, the right but... word to use, but they're going to they're going to be all right. Yeah, Samsung will bloom. Excellent. Okay, we'll take a very short break and then we'll come back with more chat. Do you remember when we used to sing? Via 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 via. Lewis, Lewis, Lewis. Sony's VR is here. <laughs> should we be excited? Uh, I think we should be very excited. I mean, obviously, as someone that's into VR, I'm more excited than most, maybe. So this but is the PlayStation VR. This is PlayStation VR. It's the uh, it's it's the first console VR headset uh, because the Oculus Rift and the HTC Vive require a high end PC, whereas the PlayStation VR will run on any PlayStation Four, which okay. is pretty cool. Yeah. So th- this is. We've been. Wait- it feels like we've been waiting for this all year, but then yeah. I suppose it is getting towards the end of the year. Um, We're wrapping up now. <laughs> this is like right, the Christmas buying time. The, exactly, it's yeah. the kick off to the Christmas buying season. It's the first. I want to say like affordable yeah. mainstream. How affordable is it? It's three hundred and forty nine pounds, <sighs> which is two hundred pound cheaper than the Oculus Rift and four hundred pound cheaper than the HTC Vive. Does that come with your pom poms as well? That doesn't come with the pom poms. <laughs> But the pom poms are of... well, the, the the move controllers, which yeah. which are why you use the pom poms. <laughs> um, they are actually the same ones that were used with the PlayStation Three. So you can pick up PlayStation Three move batons for like fifteen twenty quid. Do you need online? Them? You don't. Uh, well, it depends on the game. Yeah. Some games do require them, but I think it tells you on the box of the game if it if it requires move controllers or whatever. I think you can still use your DualShock Four, um, but it's cool. not as good, obviously. No, yeah. And you also so the you one thing is hands. you need the um, PlayStation camera regardless of, of what kind of VR uh, you want to use, uh, but that doesn't come included. Right, yeah, I don't have one of them either. So if I want to 
VR myself up this Christmas, yeah. it's going to cost me about 400 quid. And so just over 400 quid. I think Xavi are offering like a bundle with the move controllers yeah. and the camera for like 400. And um, then a game's priced the same as a normal game. Uh, some of them are cheaper. It depends on how, how much, you know, how what it offers. Some, you mm. know, some aren't games, some are experiences, so they're going to be a bit cheaper than like a full-blown game. And obviously yeah. AA games are going to be more expensive than your indie games. I think, I think it's early days as well, but... Uh, when you buy a PlayStation VR headset, you get a demo disc with like I think it's like eighteen games on it that you can have a go of. Like all the, they're all launch day titles, I think. Yeah. So you can have a little go of them if you like them. Buy the full one. Scott, yeah. just be just be a really good boy and Father Christmas will. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, this is interesting because the fact that you have to um, decide whether you, you have the equipment to play a game speaks to the fact that there are lots of games. There are eighteen games on yeah. this demo disc yeah that's i mean that that's immediately that's what gives any sony gaming product the edge because they've got mm-hmm. the, the they've got the content they've got yeah. the developers behind it they said they're gonna have over 50 out by the end of 2016 wow which is pretty impressive and they've got over 200 developers working on games and these are VR games titles. written from the ground up for vr i mean you can't play these games unless you're using the VR. no yeah yeah i mean uh, some of them are add-ons to existing games like there's going to be um a vr experience for the upcoming call of duty game for playstation mm-hmm. vr where you're like dogfighting in space which is pretty cool you wouldn't be able to do that in the main game uh but yeah there are some that are, are specifically designed just for vr like i think robinson's the journey is a vr only game uh, right. i had a little go at that at an event about a month ago and it's so fun <laughs> I can't wait I'm, to play that one. Yeah, I'm bang up for Arkham Asylum. Yeah, I had a go at that as well. Yeah. Really cool. So fun. Are there any sports games yet? Being um, a sports game, not. You've got driving games? Yeah. Do you count driving games as a sport? No, but that's a different <laughs> conversation. Oh, but yeah, no, they've got uh, you've got Drive Club VR, which is... Uh, Drive Club's been out for, I think, a year or two now on PlayStation 4. I think it's a free update to add the VR support to it. Um, so you're sat in the car racing it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But um, the thing about Drive Club and games like that, uh, uh, driving games on PlayStation generally, is that they're they're really gorgeous looking. You know, the mm-hmm. graphics on driving games are always immaculate. And whereas the the PlayStation VR headset isn't quite as high resolution as other headsets, you kind of lose some of that magic. You know, some of the graphics when right. you when you put the headset on. But I mean, wait, but at the same time, um, what can you really expect from you know a console? Yeah. You know, consoles are never you know at the top end of of um, gaming. If you want that high end kind of feel you go for a pc i do think sports games in vr are fascinating especially the ones where hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, it's just a single player. So, like, a Tiger Woods golf in mm-hmm. VR would be yeah, game-changing. Totally. Yeah. Um, and and it will probably sport, happen. Yeah. You know, or even, like, it doesn't have to be games, like, experience. They've got... You know, uh, could you... Could you experience what it was like to to be on the pitch with your favourite team in their most recent game? Yeah, and know? to be, um, I was watching the um, Arizona Cardinals TV program, and yeah, their yeah. their quarterback uses VR to yeah. watch game film so that he can like basically relive situations. I was a bit cynical in, about that. I was a bit. That, that bit was like <laughs> slotted into the program, and Carson's there, and he's like, "Yeah, it really helps me to make decisions." And I was yeah. like, "Okay, I, I can, you know, I can see the branding on that device." Yes, yeah. <laughs> but you can see, how, but it's a good example of how it would work because that hit at that moment. First of all. He can't practice without taking the risk of getting smashed by yeah. a 300-pound guy. Um, and it's all about constantly repeating the process mm. of looking around and making decisions and then acting on those decisions. So, yeah, you can completely see how that would be Yeah, I just think it's genuinely too. interesting because for people like us who um, wear American football, is basically impossible game to, to play in the UK. Um, it's very, very niche uh, to be able to sort of ver- put that into virtual yeah. reality would be hugely compelling. So. Mm-hmm. If you could see... Uh, a version of Football Manager where you were in walk VR, up and down the, the sideline. Yeah, like, go home. Put a suit you on. Know, um, you know, have dinner with your spouse. <laughs> uh, maybe get invited to a dodgy meeting and um, say some, you know, things you shouldn't say and then lose your job. <laughs> you know, you could uh, maybe think, overthinking that slightly too much. So um, to go back to the serious point you're yeah, making, Lewis, um in a way, then, what we're saying here is PlayStation VR is is the PlayStation to Oculus Rift's gaming PC sort of thing, yeah. is it? So we, so PlayStation VR will be, we expect, mass market. Mm-hmm. There'll sell loads of these things. There'll be loads of game support. Probably yeah. isn't quite the pinnacle of the experience that you might no. get from something like Oculus, but... But, I mean, even even with that, you know, if, if you're that concerned with the um, the premium experience, you can opt to get the PlayStation 4 Pro. When it comes out next month, you know that like that that's going to provide a, a higher quality VR experience than the standard PlayStation will, right? Because it's much more powerful. Um, but I mean, Xbox is rumored to have a VR head, uh, well, have VR support, but not until Project Scorpio comes out uh, in about a year. <laughs> I forgot about Scorpio. <laughs> Good old Scorpio. Um, yeah, but the issue with that is that um, well, rumors suggest that the headset won't come bundled with the device, much like PlayStation's one, right. but. They're not developing their own one. They're going to use something that's already out, which uh, to me suggests it's going to be the Oculus Rift. Yeah, you'd think so. It seems yeah. really weird when um, they've got like the HoloLens. I know, yeah. And like, you know, surely they can do something for console that mm. is way less uh, techy than the HoloLens. But then... And it, it could be really good. I'm just thinking about Microsoft's overall strategy, which yeah. they don't really want to be in hardware. No. And they want things to sort of measure, things to match up, if you know what I mean. So they'd rather someone else was doing the hardware yeah. and people were in their world. They want Xbox actually to be kind of like a PC experience, yeah. Yeah. but that's just blended into your life. Mm-hmm. So it sort of makes sense that they wouldn't go mm. all out to make their own. Um, in a way that Sony will want you to use PlayStation VR and no other um, device. Mm-hmm. Microsoft a bit more, what do they say, um, brand agnostic in that yeah. sense. It's quite happy for you to to be in its world, I suppose. And I think it, it makes a lot of sense because obviously you've got the uh, Xbox Play Anywhere thing now, so you can play your games across Xbox One and PC, uh, will yeah. select games anywhere, and it syncs your progress, etc. So, you know, developers writing VR games for PC 
it'll be so much easier to port them to yeah. the Xbox One if you're using the same hardware. And it's just it means that people that have an Oculus Rift don't have to fork out for another headset. Yeah, because if it's a straight fight between Xbox and PlayStation, they have to develop a, a VR headset right yeah. now. But I think it's a bit more subtle than that. I think Xbox is a way for Microsoft to have people using its software products. Yeah, and that's its kind of long term mm-hmm. goal. But it still must make quite a bit of money. Oh yeah, the it's Xbox a huge cash cow for hardware, them. which is why I th- figured if you did a decent VR headset, yeah. you'd you'd make some money. You don't have to make hardware for everything, but it's, it's a good area for them. It's also one of the few things that people genuinely love that Microsoft mm. make. Yeah. And they have fans who yeah. really, really, you know, so it is a, it's a, it is a slightly weird one because a company that size, you would think they could basically reverse engineer the, the PlayStation headset mm-hmm. and knock one out mm. in six months and just, yeah. you know, price it so it shifts. I mean, I, I think the Sony PlayStation uh, VR pricing is interesting because it's tiered in that way because you described all the things you have to add on mm-hmm. but you still the way it's described is it's whatever 350 it's three, quid, 350 yeah, quid yeah. which which is a lot of money but it feels more affordable, affordable. Yeah. yeah it helps that they've got the comparison of the perspective to the vive and the oculus yeah yeah i think they've played this brilliantly because, yeah. because all year long people have been saying oh that's interesting oculus is interesting vive's interesting playstation vr is coming and they've spent that time I'm sure the headset itself was done months ago, but oh, yeah. it's making sure it's come out for the Christmas buying season at a relatively affordable price, yeah. and there will be so many games available mm-hmm. for it. It just makes it makes Oculus look a bit tricky to use and expensive, and yeah. I don't know where Vive is. I don't know. You tell me, Lewis. What, what's your, what's your view of the market right now? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a bit confused about Oculus. Whereas I was originally a massive fan of Oculus, they've they've kind of confuse themselves a little bit because yeah. you've got you got 550 pound for the headset and now they've just announced their touch controllers uh which are their handheld controllers which are another 189 pounds i think killer pc to use it and you need a yeah you need a high-end pc which is at least going to cost you six seven hundred pound um but then that brings it to essentially the same price as a htc vive right um but the rift still doesn't offer uh room scale movement right so you know, if if you're gonna if you're looking for the handheld controllers and all that kind of stuff as well, the Vive is probably the best option for you. But then again, PlayStation offers yeah. handheld controllers and basic movement for three hundred and fifty quid. And what's the game support like for the HTC and the Oculus? Um, <clears throat> Oculus loves an exclusive. They, they've they've put a lot of money into uh, making you know some VR games exclusive to their platform. Maybe not indefinitely, but yeah. they would at least have an exclusivity period. Apart from the developers that have said that they're not going to make games for Oculus anymore. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from that drama. Because Oliver Lucky is a bell end. <laughs> <laughs> Strong. <laughs> Moving on from that. <laughs> but um, it's, 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 it's a little bit awkward because um, Oculus has Oculus Home, which is their, their app store, essentially, where you can find all the Oculus games. But then you can also find Oculus games on Steam alongside HTC Vive games. Yep. But then you can't, with, uh, as someone with a HTC Vive, go on the Oculus Store and buy games on there because they won't yeah. work. It's just a bit... And that's because Oculus won't allow that to happen. Yeah, okay, well, Oculus says they're happy for it to happen. HTC says Oculus aren't happy for it to yeah. happen. It's just politics. Mm. Interesting. Okay, well, let's uh, close this off by going around the room and saying PlayStation or Naystation. Scott Carey. PlayStation, always. Lewis Painter. Always PlayStation. And Chris. Still never had a PlayStation, but... PlayStation. PlayStation. That's a big thumbs up for PlayStation. Okay, we'll take a short break for refreshments and then we'll be back in two seconds. Dreams. Dream, 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 dream. Scott Curry. I feel a disturbance in the force. What's that all about? (laughs) 
there's real, real mixed messages <laughs> going, going through there. Like to keep you on your toes? <laughs> um, to bring them together, to yeah. knit them together. Dream Force. Dream and Force. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, last week, the week before, I was over in San Francisco for Dream Force, which is by most measures, the biggest tech conference on the planet. Um, 170,000 registered guests is the figure that Salesforce give you. Um, but it's been running for about 14 years now, and this was my first one. But it's, by all measures, grown way beyond what it was originally set up to do, which was to bring together Salesforce customers and developers to chat shop, which is uh, software-as-a-service CRM software. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? There's, yeah. a, there's an event to which hundreds of thousands of people are attending and it's all about Salesforce, which to most people is like, it's it's the customer relationship management software. It's If they know of it at all, it's a thing they use at work to find email addresses. or Yeah, to be completely honest, most people that I talk to about Salesforce don't even realise they use it. Like yeah. salespeople, yeah. it's marketers. It's just something that they get in, like inducted to when they join their job and it's like, this is the software we use. Yeah. Um, this is where you find who to call or you follow up with your clients. But it, I mean, it, it's amazingly successful software. It's amazingly powerful. It fuels a lot of businesses. Yeah. And Salesforce is still independent, right? It's not... Yeah, it's still independent. So Mark Benioff um, set it up uh, about 15 years ago um, when he left Oracle, I believe. Um, and he, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge B2B tech story in terms of how much they've grown. They are... Um, the biggest CRM vendor in the world now. Um, and they are basically starting to compete with Microsoft, SAP, yeah. Oracle in terms of um, sheer scale. And that is just, you know, with one piece of software it's as opposed story. to lots of others. So they, they're, yeah, they're an impressive company in that sense. And you mentioned uh, Microsoft there. Microsoft made the recent purchase of LinkedIn. Yes. Uh, which again was, I mean, there were a lot of rumours, you said this yourself, that they were interested in buying Salesforce. Salesforce is big enough to hold them off, essentially. Yeah. Um, and so LinkedIn was kind of, we think, the second choice for Microsoft in terms of just getting together all this data on professional people, which is a huge business. Salesforce are really bitter about losing it. Like they, like Benioff um, came out and he's been, um, he's accusing, well, he's saying that he might be um, trying to, get microsoft in trouble with regulators um because if they try and like close off all that linkedin data um then that would be uh anti-competitive he's saying um there's definitely some sour grapes there he said he bid more money but um that the bidding process was skewed towards microsoft okay so they wanted to buy linkedin they made a huge bid for linkedin um actually more um, money the problem with salesforce they don't have as much cash as someone like microsoft they've got a lot of stock so um linkedin decided to go with the cash um, I, I tend to do that. And now, yeah, and now um, the Salesforce are very heavily rumoured to be in the markets by Twitter, um, which um, someone at at Dreamforce said to me was like going home with the second best looking girl at yeah. the dance. Not even the second best. That, <laughs> if you went for LinkedIn and then got Twitter, that is, yeah, yeah. So um, we're facing some blank looks across the yes. table. So I thought I'd jazz up this section. Yeah, well, right. I wanted to talk a little bit more. I about, love CRM, about... something or other. <laughs> no, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Dreamforce in itself because it has like great. This is the funny thing: is it's like it's when you go, it basically feels like it's not got much to do with CRM. Like they do talk about their products a lot. 
but also you've got people doing tons of networking you've got tons of people doing business there and you've got a huge rock concert on the wednesday you've got parties every night the whole downtown area of san francisco around the moscone is basically gridlock traffic because dreamforce just takes over there's signs everywhere everyone's got their badges on it feels like that corner of the city badges. is just there for Dreamforce. I'm gonna um, throw some I'm gonna throw some words at you. Go on. Exciting words. I don't know what they mean, but I, I, I gleaned them from the coverage from your coverage Good. of uh, Dreamforce. Einstein. So this is their move into artificial intelligence and machine learning, which is what everyone is trying to do at the moment. It's trying to basically give their customers like recommendations. So it's like this person opened their email, you should probably ping them another message now to like give them an offer yeah. um, and automating all those sort so of things. not the dog from Back to the Future then? Unfortunately not, they, but it has got a nice fluffy uh, cartoon avatar that looks like Albert Einstein, which was walking around. They had like a physical one walking around the dream park and lots of people were taking <laughs> selfies with him. This is how ridiculous Dreamforce is. <laughs> there was also a big fluffy um, like cloud with uh, the word software with a big X through it. And people were taking, <laughs> people were taking selfies with him as well. Amazing. And they've got another one called Astro, and I don't really know what his story is. Uh, Quip. Quip was an acquisition that Salesforce made last year. Um, it is basically uh, like Dropbox Paper or something like Google Docs, where you get your whole team live collaborating on documents. Um, Salesforce made six billion pounds worth of acquisitions last year and that was one of them wow they went on a big spending spree um and then i've got thunder and lightning thunder and lightning yeah thunder is their i this is like a test it's their <laughs> iot cloud so it's they're doing quite internet right of things and then lightning is their app development platform so they do a lot of things so there's a lot going on there and also i believe um Bonio and the Hedge and uh, the other portly members of U uh, two rocks up. Yeah, the Wednesday uh, night was really where it hit home how ridiculous Dreamforce can get to me because everyone talks about the concert. There's always a big concert on the Wednesday night. It was the Foo Fighters last year. It was the Killers the year before. These are all rumored to be Benioff's favorite bands, which isn't surprising. Um, There's a trend there, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> and this year it was U two. And one thing you get with Dreamforce is you get the tech and the sales and all that but you also get loads of philanthropy and giving back it's a real silicon valley trend it's like we give one percent back all the time and benioff is a big like exponent of red which is um bono's um aids uh foundation do a lot of research into that and then he um does a lot of other philanthropy on the side so when you hire bono for your concert you know what you're going to get you're not <laughs> just going to get where the streets have no name bono play some songs no i want to heck to you about world debt <laughs> so he opened his set with, so firstly it's in this huge venue in daily city and it felt like a festival like there was snaking queues to get in bus pe- they were busing people in i would have guessed there was like tens of thousands of people there it was absolutely huge and then Bono comes on, plays a couple of like their newer songs. Everyone's like, okay, fine. Then he starts playing videos on the screen of Donald Trump's speeches and starts interrogating him live on stage, screaming at him. So you want to build a wall, Donald? Uh, to which the crowd lapped this up. Yeah. And then he's, he's playing to a fairly friendly audience. A friendly saying. captive audience yeah. there of, yeah. of of people who are fairly well off um, in the tech sector. Educated. Yeah. Not massive idiots (laughs) (laughs) um and then yeah so you get the songs but you also get 
some anti-Trump speech and you get a lot of um, pro-red um, and and sort of uh, talking about San Francisco being at the forefront of the AIDS crisis in the 80s and and you get all of that as, as the single package. And it's quite funny because the rest of the band members always look a bit awkward when yeah. Bono starts doing this. Oh, here <laughs> He'd always like shout about Edge and then Edge is just like, oh, just let me wear my hat and play my songs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds bizarre. It's it does, odd. Yeah. It's genuinely quite a um, disorientating experience. And it's not cheap. Like if you no. pay for a full pass, it's about $2,000. Wow. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let, let's close it off by going around the room. Uh, Dreamforce or Scabby Horse? Uh, <laughs> Scott Carey. Dreamforce. Lewis Painter. Dreamforce. Chris Martin. Some kind of horse. <laughs> <laughs> Good. There was a bit too much consensus in this podcast so far. Well, thanks, guys, and thank you for listening to this edition, listener. Um, do get in touch and let us know your thoughts and opinions and to shake us down for cash. Uh, you can tweet us at UK Tech Podcast or email editor at idg.co.uk. We'll be back next week with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech. So until then, find us on Acast, iTunes, SoundCloud, and all those other podcasty places. Uh, and yes, uh, subscribe and review us and uh, tell your friends. Until then, from the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, say goodbye, guys. See you. Bye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah.